Yo, Counterattack Podcast with myself, Daps. Guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put the podcast out tonight, as in Sunday night, or if I'm just going to put it out tomorrow morning. But I'll probably do it tonight if I can get everything edited, edited up. So you might be getting this Sunday night, you might be getting this. But also, I've got content coming out to tomorrow. And tomorrow, as in Monday, I dropped the... I just recorded a podcast with the Nigeria captain, William Truste Kong. The one that, for those of you that listened to the last pod, know that I spoke about. So I just reached out to him and he's he came and done an interview. Because I've got the pool like that. I have got the pool like that. So, um, yeah, that's coming out tomorrow, definitely. It's all edited. It's all ready to go, scheduled to come out. So make sure you look out for that one. He's going to talk about... AFCON, you know, the semi-final that's coming up against South Africa. And it was just a little brief um, 45 minute, I think we did. And um, yeah, but he's going to come into the studio once he's back. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, guys, where do we start? Should we start with Liverpool-Arsenal? Or Arsenal-Liverpool, sorry, seeing as Arsenal were at home and moved to Liverpool. I think we should. Um, interesting game. And do you know what? When I was watching the game first half I was thinking to myself this is exactly like the um the FA Cup game first of all when I saw the starting lineup I didn't know Jesus wasn't fit so I was just like oh my gosh I saw Havertz up top and then I saw Jorginho and I was like do you know what Rice and Emil Smith-Rowe probably would have been the better one and Odegaard obviously but I was like do you know what let's let's just rock with it I think it helped that Nunez wasn't there because we know on this podcast I really like Nunez and I think his characteristics and his profile striker is the sort that gives Arsenal problems, generally speaking. Um, obviously, no Salah as well, no Sabozlai. So I was thinking, hmm, okay, we might have a have a chance here. But um, it was exactly like the FA Cup game in, in regards to the fact that we had so much um, possession and chances before we got the first goal. That So many, sorry. Um that I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're just going to be wasteful again. But you know what? Saka got the goal. Can I just say, yeah, when Havertz went through on goal, number one, he had Alisson in front of him. So I already knew the chances were decreasing as he took every step. Number two is Havertz on the ball. And he's going with his right foot. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Number three is just... It's just habits on the ball. So I was just like, oh my gosh. And the best possible scenario, if he doesn't score, happened. Where the ball fell down to Saka and I just knew he was going to score. And I felt like that that goal was um, a reward for the start that Arsenal made in that match. I felt like Arsenal controlled the game, but it's not a new thing for Arsenal to control the games. And we had a little period earlier in the season where we weren't creating chances um, but outside of that, we know we create chances. We know we can dominate games. But we know that we also need um, a striker. So Gary Neville was even saying during commentary that he he feels like at the end of the game, they're going to be talking about the fact that Arsenal need a new striker because it had that feel to the game. But, you know, Saka got the goal. Saka, who started well, I felt like Jorginho started well. And I felt like Jorginho throughout the whole match was just the best player on the park by a mile um he showed all of his experience there and we this is what this is what i'm saying you guys that watch me 
and listen to me talk football. There's a reason why you listen to me because I'm when I talk about Jorginho, yeah, yes, I know a lot of people ain't his biggest fan, but when you use him, you know, and you play to his strengths and you put the right players around him, like you get that today. Do you know what I'm saying? And 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 I don't think like the level of performance we saw from him at this present moment in time, you're not getting that from Rice. I'm talking about the experience, the the um the composure, you know, the 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 way to just read the game and know and know which way to go and when to slow it down, when to speed it up. And and um he was just so good on the park. And, you know, we always talk about how, you know, there's well, there's been a lot of talk about how Declan Rice doesn't pass forward enough. And even though it's true, I don't like how people have been talking about him, but cool. But today we see how Jorginho isn't afraid to make those passes. He knows exactly when to be passing sideways. He knows exactly when to be passing forward. We can talk about his limitations as a player, but we're not going to do that today. We're just going to focus on the fact that he controlled that midfield. At no point in that game where was he overrun. Maybe the first 10, 5 to 10 minutes of the second half, but outside of that, he controlled the game, never once looked like he was flustered, never once looked like the game was getting to him, and it was a top, top performance, and he released... Um, he released Rice. And also on top of that, we saw Odegaard playing much higher because he's not having to pick the ball up from the the, the toes of, of his defenders. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you know, well done to Jorginho for the game that he's had today. Um, it was a weird one because you look at the centre-backs today, yeah? And like, typical Arsenal give away a goal to Liverpool. Liverpool didn't have a, a shot on target in the entire first half. But it was 1-1. And when you look at their goal, with a couple seconds before half-time, I'm sorry, but Saliba's just got to get rid of that. And this is why I don't like doing the whole, oh, he's the best in the world. And no, no, no. I'm, and I just want guys to just learn the game because situations like that, Saliba should be just getting rid of the ball. And he made a mistake today and got away with it because ultimately Arsenal won. But he will learn from it. Do you get what I'm saying? And... And when, when people talk to me about he's the best, he's this, he's that. Like, no, he's one he's one of the best, but he's not there yet at all And uh, in terms of being world-class. But um, that was all his fault. I'm not having any of that. It's Raya's fault. You know, could Ray have done better? Possibly, but he would. He should never have been put in the position where he has to come and claim that if Saliba just deals with that. Um, so, yeah, you guys let me know what you think in regards to... Um, it being Saliba's fault or Raya's fault. I hear what some people are saying. Once he's shielded it, he's waiting for his keeper to come and there's plenty of time to do that. But for me personally, I just think that he just needs to deal with it. Because if he deals with it, there's no questions that needs to be asked. There's no risk, you know, to be taken in regards to, to is Raya going to come out. And obviously Diaz has poked the ball and it's gone in off um, Gabriel's arm into, into the goal. So um, it was just bad luck. And you felt it when... They were walking off the pitch. You felt it when they were walking off the pitch that um, there was just this air of just, oh gosh, what's happened here? Do you get what I'm saying? But, you know, thankfully, thankfully like the second, in fact, no. Yes, when, when the second half started, Liverpool came out on a mission. And I was even tweeting saying Arsenal wake up because I just felt like, that was going to be our best opportunity to just put them to bed in that first half. Because we know Liverpool are going to come out strong in the second half. We know that 
they couldn't play as bad as that for the entire game. And um, when they came out, Diaz had a shot. I think McAllister might have had a shot. But it was just, we were just, not on the ropes, but it was uncomfortable for the first 10 minutes. Liverpool then made three subs and, you know, it was one of them where, where we slowly got back into it. And then another mistake. Another mistake from, I felt like Van Dijk, number one, never let the ball bounce. As a defender, you just know not to let the ball bounce. He let the ball go um, over him and bounce. And then if Alisson comes out of there, he's got to clean everything up and take that. He's just got to just, yeah, get the ball out of there. And he didn't do any of it. Um, any of it. Between him and Van Dijk, it was an absolute howler. Martinelli then had an open goal to to um, to score to score with. And then, yeah, from there, it was, it was quite comfortable for Arsenal. I felt like they controlled the game. They, they did a good job at making it boring at times. Did a good job at making it... I'm just looking at the goal now up on the screen. Yeah, look at that. So Saliba, he wins the ball, gets his body in front. Yeah, Reyes got to do a bit better there. But still Saliba... Saliba just has to just get rid of it, I reckon. Let me see. Gets his body in. Yeah, yeah. Reyes wasn't, wasn't, you know, decisive enough there. But still, we move. Um, yeah. And from there, we controlled the game. We made it a, a bit of a boring game at times, but I'm okay with that. It's not every day make the game exciting because, you know, for whatever reason. No, sometimes give it, make it a boring game in moments, kill the game, get all of the um, possession and momentum and win the game. Because if we had made that game an exciting game, even though on, on the balance of things, it was an exciting game. If we had made it exciting and lost, like we like we did in the FA Cup, it, you know what, what are we doing? We don't we don't want that. We don't want that. So um, credit to them. Listen, you see Konate. I'm not that guy that's gonna be like Konate. I'm seeing Martinez go now. I'm not that guy that's saying Konate is um, bad or anything. But he had a bad game today from the get go. I think in the first half when Martinelli just absolutely burnt him out, like. And just the speed of Martinelli there was ridiculous. And um, yeah, in the first half, when that happened, first and foremost, you're just looking at it thinking, ah, it's going to be a long a long day for him. And then obviously with the goal, he's like, the distance between him and Van Dijk is is way too much. Like, I mean, it, it was way too much. And I, I just felt like he was just not at it. But, well, the easy way is to be like, he's not at it. But what I actually think it was, was that, for the entire game, Konate was doing the job of two people. In the first half, Trent was just nowhere to be seen. So Konate had to always, you know, cover cover him. So he's got to do his job. He's got to do the job on the right-hand side. And it wasn't working. He was getting caught out. In the second half, the same again. He gets booked in the first half. He gets booked in the second half. Um, gets sent off. And now he's going to be banned for their next game. But yeah, he, he didn't have a great game. And when you look at all the defenders... Saliba had that moment. Van Dijk had that moment. Um, Kanate. Gabriel was probably the best on the pitch. I know he scored an own goal, but I didn't really see much wrong with Gabriel's performance today. Um, we need to talk about why... It obviously worked today, but we need to talk about why Arteta always takes off Martinelli. Like, I, I just don't understand it. He's forever just taking off Martinelli. But, um, you know, he was the most threatening person on, on, on that pitch. 
you know, that that entire left side for him was just free and he was just, you know, getting in all the time, every single time. But yet, he's just the easy person to take off. And it worked out in the end because, obviously, Trossard got his got his goal. And, and what a nice goal it was because whipped it round Harvey Elliott, see you later, goes down, puts it in, bit of deflection or thing, but we don't care. Yes, trust the boss. That's what we're doing this season. So, look at him. I'm watching it now. Vroom. There you go, Trossard. Yes. Let's see. Gets the ball. Whips it round Harvey. See ya. He's going in, he's going in. He looks across. Nope, nope, left foot. We're going to do that. Yep. Good goal. Good goal, man. So, yeah. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good weekend for Arsenal fans, man. And shout out to those in my group chat. You know, the Liverpool fans who were giving it all of this before the game. The moment the game finished... Then the group chat, they're like, oh, you're not going to win the league. All of this for you to not win the league. Like, they're such sore losers. But if Arsenal had lost that game, the banter that would have been happening would have been crazy. It would have been absolutely crazy. But, um, yeah. What do you guys think about the Arsenal match? Who was your man of the match? Um, yeah, like, Arsenal are now two points behind Liverpool. Are they back in the title race? Well, math- mathematically, they're back in the title race. But is it is it just a thing where we just made it that much easier for City to just come in and, and take it? Or should Arsenal actually go on and, and have a bit of belief and think that, you know, no, we can actually go on and win this league? Let me know what you guys think. Obviously, tomorrow um, or today, whenever you're watching this, Man City play Brentford and they are currently six points behind with two games in hand. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Brentford do, do a job on them. So hopefully Brentford do a job at them, but we'll see. But yeah, let me know in the comments, man, what you think about the Arsenal, the Arsenal victory, um, and Chelsea. Oh my gosh, what is happening over there? How can Wolves come to their ground and beat them four two? I think now it's it's get, it's at the point where it's just getting ridiculous with Chelsea, and we can we can talk about the fact that they've recruited they've not recruited well enough, but. At some point, the management has to also take the blame. And, you know, I, I, I just think, I, I say this every week when it comes to Chelsea. They bought, they bought a bunch of players with a bag of potential, but that's all it was. It was just potential. And at some point, you've got to put in enough experienced players and make them play in a way where they can actually realise that potential. Because what, you, what you're currently getting from them players is what you're seeing where they have little flashes of brilliance because they're good players, but ultimately they're not going to win you games. And when you're coming against seasoned like pros and seasoned, you know, experienced players, they're always going to get that, what happened to them. Do you know what I mean? Like 4-2, Cunha popping up with a hat-trick, like, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, at, at what point do, do they look at Poch? Do you think Poch is going to be there thinking, oh, I need to be looking over my shoulder. They could give me the sack. And or do 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 you feel like they're gonna give him the next transfer window and see, you know, who we can bring in, what actual experienced players, players with real quality in real time. Um, because it's it's just it's just not good enough. And to be honest, I'm tired of talking about Chelsea because it's not like Chelsea are just going through moments and it's formed like this is this is it. Wolves are coming and dumping four in your backyard to get what I'm saying and yeah it's, it's, it's just really really bad from them man and Pochettino needs to 
fix up. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know. To be honest, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to, what to say about Chelsea anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of talking about them. They need a, an, another overhaul, which is crazy considering they spent a billion pounds. How do you spend a billion pounds and you still, at this point in the season, forget earlier on when they need to gel, at this point in the season, you're doing that. Cassiedo again. You know what? I'm going to try to find a tweet I did about Cassiedo. Let me try to find a tweet. When Arsenal missed out on Cassiedo, uh, when Arsenal missed out on Cassiedo, I was just saying, do you know what? It doesn't matter because this, these times, the guys already played 20-something games at the time for, for Brighton. Let me see what I said about him. Unless I'm imagining that I actually tweeted something. So... Uh, one second. Yeah, so basically, this was last year when um, Arsenal missed out on him. Um, and I just said, I just heard someone say Cassiedo is prem proven. 26 game is not prem proven, but I will say he definitely is a talent. And it's true, he 100% is a talent, but that's all it is. He's a talent and you're paying 100 million for that. Him losing the ball all over the place. Like he's looking like a 15 million pound player right now. And that's not to say he's not a good player because he is, but I think Chelsea should be a good case study on how not to spend £100 million. Because if we're looking at the £100 million they spent on Enzo, he looks about a £15 million player too. So they've got two £15 million players. Cassiela, right now, as he's playing, should even be £10 million, but we're going to give him the extra five. And so that should be £30 million spent on two players, but yet it's £200 million. And that should be a perfect case study on how not to spend um, money on on how to get robbed. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's too much. They obviously need a striker as well. Yeah, but if, if any Chelsea fans are watching this, let me know what you guys think is the main problem. Let me know if you're potch in or potch out. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens. And I think they're in the bottom half of the table now as well, man, which is pff, diabolical, absolutely ridiculous. But um, we move. Manchester United obviously won. And um, was it a good performance from them? Mm, I'd say so. I'd say so. Let me see. Let me remind myself of where it was. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. I, I think it was a good performance. I think West Ham were a bit... No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't a good performance when I, now that I think about it. I think Man United played the game well in regards to... Yes, West Ham had most of the possession, had some good chances, but United just hit them on the counter and and um, just put away just put away their chances. Hoyland, looking like the confidence is there, looking like he can actually score at this level. So fair play to him. You know, on the left foot, they thought he was going to shoot, cut in, bang. And those sorts of goals only only come with confidence. Those sorts of goals only come when you when you're getting into your rhythm or when you're in your rhythm. So. Good from him. Garnacho stepping up as well. Did he score two goals? Am I imagining that? He, he did score two goals, right? Yeah, he, he must have scored. Yeah, he, he scored the two goals, yeah. Um, again, what you want from, from your young players, man, you want them to 
to step up in in games like that. You want them to contribute and, and get the goals. And you you know these are it's it's all it's all money in the bank. It's all it's all time you know building towards. I mean time being put in towards learning the game and getting the experience. And you know they did the job today. And I'd love to come here and, and slate United off because you know I just do not like them. But what why like. It was. It was a. It was. They did what was needed. Um, I want to see what happens with Martinez though, because that looked like a bad injury. Even when it first happened, and he was holding his leg, I was like, "Ah, he's done his ACL." I hope he ain't done his ACL. But and then he tried to come back on, and then he sat down, and yeah, it looked it looked like a bad one. So hopefully, it's not too bad, and it's not it's not what it looks like. But if it is, then you know that's that's really. You know, it's really, really sad for him, for him, man. And um, yeah, I think that might be it for me, man. But let me just see quickly which other games. Um, oh, listen, listen. Newcastle, Luton. You see Luton right now, yeah? Luton are absolutely... One second. Luton, let me see where they are. So they're... Is that one point? Yeah, they're one point above the relegation zone right now, Luton, with a game in hand. Like, they are fighting to, to the end. Do you know what I'm saying? And and um, they've made some real good um, transfers. So when you look at some of the, 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 the notable signings that they've made, Andros Townsend, really good, experienced player, knows the Premier League, knows what is required of him. And um, he's a real grafter. Ross Barkley, we know what Ross Barkley can bring in. And I felt like all he needed was a chance to have a team that caters that caters to how he wants to play, where he's an important player in the team, where he's given the trust of the manager in the team, and then you just give him the foundation, just go and play. And he is playing really, really well right now. And Amb Albert Sambi Lokonga. You see Lokonga right now? Lokonga is I'm just glad he's playing well. I'm glad that he's he's got a loan move that also plays to his strengths and where he's also been able to to show what what he can do because when you look at him as a midfielder he's got he's got the passing he's got the, the physical attributes and he's got the composure needed to play in that position and he's really good at reading the game so you know I'm, I'm just so happy that you know obviously he's been on this podcast and um yes that's my guy and I'm not just saying this because he's my guy but he's playing really really well and I feel like when players play well, you should highlight it because as much as when he wasn't playing well, people were highlighting it. I feel like it's it's good to highlight him now. So, yeah, man, fair play to Lukonga. He's he's getting a run of games. He's playing consistently well and he's a big part of Luton's, you know, fight to stay in, to stay in the league, man. And he looks like he's he's comfortable at this level and that's what you want to see from him, man. So, fair play to him. Newcastle 4-4 with Luton. No one saw that coming. I didn't see it coming. Adebayo again, got a goal. He's in and amongst the goals. I think players like Adebayo have done themselves no harm in regards to them. Regardless of what happens with Luton, if Luton stay up, Adebayo no doubt will, will still be there. I mean, will still be, you know, will, will still be wanted by Luton. If they go down, I know a host of Premier League clubs will still um, be in for um, Adebayo, man. So, fair play to him. Brighton got... Crystal Palace out of here very quickly. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, man. Guys, I got a podcast coming tomorrow, as in Monday. 
William Tuesday Kong, Nigeria captain, joins us from Ivory Coast. And um, we're just talking AFCON, getting ready for the, um, the Super Eagles match against South Africa. So, you know, it's a good one, man. A good little conversation. So check it out and leave comments, man. We out. <laughs>